You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Okay, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast, here today for episode 36. As always, I'm Cameron Crane, executive editor of tvobsessive.com, joined as always by Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor for the site. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing quite well. We're having to do the Super Bowl shuffle today, it sounds like. Yeah, well, so this is a note worth making. We're going to talk about True Detective Night Country Part 5, and um, it appears... HBO is going to release it on Max today on Friday. I don't know if it's on Max already. Um, I asked uh, HBO and they said, you know, wait till 10 p.m. to you know, publish on it. So yeah, maybe maybe it's not going to drop till 9 p.m. I'm not I'm not sure actually, but fortunately for us, we've been recording these on Friday anyway. So we're on our normal schedule. Just kind of proceed to put this out right away. <laughs> Nothing on on Max yet as of I guess four fifteen p.m. Eastern time. So I guess they're yeah. posting it as regular time. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that. I just saw that it would be Friday. But since uh, HBO told me to hold off until ten p.m., yeah, maybe it shows up at nine p.m. here on yeah. Friday, February 9th. So do be aware, anyone who happened to click on this, if you like don't have Max or you're waiting until. Sunday to watch it because I, I think it's not going to be on the HBO linear cable network until Sunday mm-hmm. at the regular time. They, I think they did this last year with uh, The Last of Us as well. I believe they did. Yeah, I believe they did. So we should have seen it coming. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, uh, they're like, well, you know, other football, whatever. But this is a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, should we get into some news? There's quite a bit of. Uh, I saw we've got a lot of bit of a lot of. Apple TV news this week. Yeah, um, not just Apple, but actually other places as well have been putting out like their spring slates or 2024 mm. slates that only go through the spring. Yeah. Um, the sizzle uh, reel. Yeah, and and so there's been really quite a lot going on here in the past week or so. Um, probably I was trying to put something together for the site going beyond what we're going to talk about here even with other networks, but I know that there are a few Apple shows that we're waiting on. I'm waiting on. You're waiting on. Both of us are waiting on. Um, so to focus on that, one might note that, oh, you're looking at the Apple slate and Severance isn't on there. Um, yeah. But I did see on Twitter indications that it is back in production. So we've got that going for us at least. Yeah, so th- this is what, what it must have been two months ago now that they did this cryptic photo of Adam Scott on the account. Everyone thought that something was coming that, you know, I guess that meant the kickoff of production, maybe. But yeah, it's going to be a year maybe before we see this. Maybe it'll be by the end of the year. You know, it's still earlier in the year. It's, I don't know. I don't have the expertise to know even for sure how long it takes. They have to go to film and then there's post production and so on. But Obviously, with television, sometimes they they do turn things around rather quickly. So I don't know. But there was a little bit more than that. There was the first cryptic tweet from Apple that I think we talked about briefly on here. Then there was another one maybe 10, 12 days ago. And Ben Stiller retweeted it with back to work. So that, <laughs> that I take that as confirmation. I think yeah. that was- Confirmation that they're back to work. I believe Apple TV follows the model of they might release a couple to start, but then they go mostly week to week. So it's not like we have to do a whole season before we can start pumping these things out. Yeah, they might be on, might indeed, you know. um, Sometimes you see that with the post production schedule where things aren't completely done. Yeah. uh, But it starts airing. I mean, historically, I think that's, that's, that's really common. Uh, unfortunately, on the flip side, I, reading that Foundation, which is also not on the slate, uh, apparently season three production has been delayed for vaguely stated reasons. Uh, have you had the chance to check the show out yet? I know we've talked about I it. I haven't checked that. the show out. I, I read this piece you sent over. It says basically they asked everybody to show up and then send everybody back home again. <clears throat> not good news. No. <laughs> and it's like big... I think they um it's production in Prague 
and I'm, I'm gathering that has something to do with the budget and the rules and regulations and Prague having maybe changed a little bit, or I don't know exactly. Again, it's very vaguely stated as to why, but um, long and short, they were saying, hey, we're going to start. Everyone show up to Prague, and then they, they, you can go home. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, it's worrisome. I think Foundation... Particularly the second season, I thought was really entertaining, um, and I'm looking forward to season three whenever that might be. But all of these things were, like I think, Foundation had also gotten going on season three, and then the strikes happened. <clears throat> that happened to Severance. That also happened to Silo. Yeah. Here I am going. Hey, Apple released their uh, their slate. Let's talk about things that aren't on it. <laughs> and it's a whole bunch of things I've never showed before. Well, there's a couple of good things that I'd like to point out, but yeah, at least for oh, yeah. Silo and Severance, seems like production is ongoing, whereas Foundation said, that ah, press pause. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Foundation. Uh, Silo, I was just seeing this appears to be really kind of recent, maybe semi-unofficial news. If you look at the uh, website, that's my source here. Rebecca Ferguson said something and then didn't that they're supposed to wrap in early March, like March 8th. So um, if they're wrapping filming, then they have to do post-production and so on. But I would expect if that's accurate, we probably would get season two by the end of the year. I, I think that that timeline works, that if you're finishing filming by March 8th, you need, let's just, you know, even if you give them six months of post-production, we could get this in the in the fall. And, and I, I guess it makes sense that they, you know, something that's promoting some new series and some some returning series they're not going to want to spoil any news or show any footage they're not ready to show so that's why we didn't get any, any firm news about silo but th this one would not surprise me if we see it in 2024 yeah and we might get severance too i mean i do get the feeling looking at what they have on that list that this is stuff that's done or dearly done or they're just eminently confident most of the things have release dates even on on this article and um a couple of them don't, but they're saying, well, you know, it'll be later this year. We'll definitely have this. Yeah. Um, other things that stood out to you on, on that list you mentioned? Yeah. So I don't know if this has come up before. Did you catch the first season of Loot I on not. Apple TV? I so not. this is, uh, speaking of Adam Scott, so this is Maya Rudolph um, mm -hmm. stars in this. It is by at least one, maybe two of the writers of Parks and Rec. And Maya Rudolph is married or was married to a just complete jerk billionaire, Adam Scott. And something happens. They're not together anymore. And it's really funny. Okay. So she decides to recommit her life to philanthropy and working at a nonprofit and sort of not be a, you know, just sort of the, I'm just a pretty face person anymore. And it was just quite charming and funny and i'm really glad a second season is coming back this was a good show i think that really was kind of under the radar i, I never saw it really much of anywhere um yeah. took it out because i was listening to the podcast of one of the parks and rec writers who was the writer on this show and just just good to see this coming back that, that's something i definitely recommend checking out well yeah i should check it out you know i mean the cards on the table one of the things that happens to me is i'll be looking at this stuff and i'll be thinking about what feels like a fit for tv obsessive to write on and things like that and sometimes i miss things it's also in my experience i find it hard to write on comedy i don't know yeah. if i have much yeah. experience with this um but a half hour comedy like, oh. you don't want to just write an article and say by the way it's funny <laughs> it's funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i on one season of barry and i felt like i kept kept having to do that i'd be recapping barry and you know like the action of barry's <laughs> very dark largely yes. you know every once in a while i'd have to say just a reminder this show's hilarious yeah yeah um but yeah i'll check out uh Luke. what else caught your eye in the news this week what about this is getting a little bit of of uh play out there on the on the discourse uh this new so new show sugar that's coming out sorry i'm starring yeah. colin farrell right as a private investigator i want to say something like that yeah, that one did catch my eye, primarily for the Colin Farrell of it all. And uh, That one, and then it looks like we're going to go have some sort of a 
a there there's a show that they're producing called Manhunt, which I guess will be a sort of an uh-huh. anthology, and they're going to start with a manhunt of John Wilkes Booth in its first I season. I wonder if they'll get into do you know that this story that apparently or um not apparently because it might not be true. There's like an urban legend that there is a train car buried somewhere under Manhattan or New York City that is completely closed off that would have John Wilkes Booth's diary in it. I've never heard of this story. This is great. I'll I'll try to look up the article like (laughs) however many years ago. um, It was like a long read. But the, the article was really about this guy who has like devoted his life to trying to find this thing. And um, so I, I guess it is still a question whether it even exists, you know, yeah. but you do have this guy who's decades, you know, talking to the city, trying to get permission <laughs> to like dig a hole and stuff like this. Um, I don't know. I hope somehow that's in the show. I guess. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we could see that this uh their their take on that but uh yeah looks they're gonna go back and do a it's like a six or eight episode season on you know the i guess it was a couple of days they were hunting john looks booth i don't have my history down but uh something like that looks 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 dramatic looks pretty dramatic didn't he like get hurt and then you know yeah he broke his leg jumping out of the out of the gallery that lincoln was sitting in and then they they still couldn't find him for a couple days Hiding out somewhere. No, I mean, actually, we're talking about Apple Slate, focusing on that. A lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of curious about the show, the new look that comes out next week, largely just because of the cast. You yeah. know, like, am I really into the idea of watching a show about um, Christian Dior? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but like John Malkovich is in it. And they're like, well, oh, just a whole slew. Ben Mendelsohn, like a whole slew of, of just names that pop out to me that make me think like maybe i have to check the show out just because the acting is bound to be really good um yeah they do have we've talked about this before but the they are really trying to diversify pretty extensively what their 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 content library we know they have strong sci-fi so they're really into you know getting into comedy into drama and thrillers into anthologies into docu-series or something about the new england patriots on here right mm-hmm. so it's everything that you can think of yeah and then some kids shows and stuff too they yep. sprinkle in there and uh yeah science fiction constellation coming up in a couple weeks i'm planning to write on that for the site um hopefully it is good yeah premise looks quite interesting you know maybe replace comes back to earth from outer space and like things are wrong I yes, guess that's the brief tagline. I, I will say the trailer to that show looks quite interesting. It's yeah, it's to... pretty pretty gripping. Um, all right, well, but let's move forward. We've got some other news. Yeah, stuff. There's, all, there's also sort of a mini stack of news around ABC Disney these days. Um, ESPN is entering into a multi-channel sports streaming service. They are their stock is going up. They've got a lawsuit from Gina Carano and her, you know. Yeah. Deeds on social media. Where where should we start here with with the Disney ABC behemoth? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Should we talk about Gina, the Gina Carano lawsuit first? Yeah, the we might as well. Interesting, but we might as well. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you may have seen this. So apparently, Gina Carano is backed by Elon Musk as she's being funded to file a lawsuit against Disney because of some political thoughts she put out on social media. It cost her her job on the Mandalorian after just one season. And, you know, she, this was a couple of years ago and she's been furious and fighting this ever since, um, you know, she was being set up to be an integral part of that show um, and a real partner to Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian and just was completely written off never to return again. And she is now officially fighting back and is suing them Um and I don't remember the, the the terms necessarily, but um, that, you know, whatever you think about what she said, if I'm her, I do this too, right? I put some thoughts out on my own personal social media. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess there is a question of um, what legal ground she has in order to do so, and um, by no means a lawyer, so I don't know. I can't speculate about that too much. It tends to feel like in cases like this, 
that the network or production company can just say, eh, sorry, you know, um, without having to provide a legal justification. As yeah. well, right. They can say, oh, sorry, you know, Kevin Spacey, you know, you don't get to be on house cards anymore. Um, Roseanne gets kicked off of the Connors. Yeah. That that may be more similar, right? Because that was just for things she said. As I yeah, no, no one was Kevin taking, Spacey was no, accused and all yeah, no, no one was taking Gina Cron to court accusing her of, you know, of criminal activity. This was just, yeah. you know, as she says, freedom of expression, freedom of thought. Yeah, it's a question, you know. So is there um any legal leg to stand on? Is is partly my question or um for her, I guess is how I was phrasing that sentence. Um, as opposed to for Disney, yeah. you know, because there's every chance that their language, I'm presuming you know, she had a contract and all of that, but their language under the moral morality clause section or something like that probably yeah. says, we can let you go for making us look bad. And like, <laughs> that's, that, like that's probably all that they need. So I don't know that she's going to be terribly successful here, but we'll see. It's an interesting case. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see where where it goes, and certainly could set a precedence for not only what actors and actresses can and will say on their social media, but also how these contracts are written going forward. I imagine that that is being scrutinized to the letter by these lawyers to, you know, to see how they can recover something. Yeah, I don't know, though. As I say, not being at all a lawyer, it's not a it's not a First Amendment thing because you're talking about a private company mm -hmm. and to my understanding of such things going back to maybe the 80s and stuff with madonna and pepsi or something like this that corporations just sort of putting this language in that basically covers them to let you go for any reason they want to along the lines of I think that it's usually called a morality clause, but like they don't need an argument so much as <laughs> um, yeah, you, you violated this. And it's at the PR level is the thing, right? It's like they don't have to make, they don't have to justify a case that you acted immorally, yeah. but that it's, uh, again, I, mean, I think more or less, hey, we have the right to let you go because you made us look bad, you know? Yeah. And um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, the Super Bowl is this weekend, and we got ahead of the Super Bowl a uh, news that ESPN, ABC, Fox, Warner Brothers, who own the TNT and Turner uh, uh, platforms, are combining forces to put together a streaming service dedicated to sports. So yeah. I guess this is for the streaming consumer who has trouble finding the sports that they want. You know, I guess this is like cable tv but without the rest of the cable channels is basically what this is going to be i mean it's, it's very interesting because if you don't have access to cable mm -hmm. um sports can be difficult yeah sports can be difficult i have, have a lot of personal experience with this as someone who decided to quote unquote cut the cord as they say <laughs> uh back in 2010 i was like well yeah. you know i can just i can just you know use uh, netflix and hulu um, and I had uh, broadcast television in the apartment I was living in, actually, if I wanted to use it, which sometimes I would for yeah. sports. Right. Right. Um, but then um, other things, you know, it's on ESPN, it's on TNT. Um, there is a difficulty, you know, yeah. of course, there have been ways to find such things. <laughs> um, but you know, and then more recently, of course, uh, access through um, like Hulu, ESPN Plus, and all of that. Yes. But since the sports world is, is as, as fractured as it is, the idea of something that would combine things from ESPN, things from Fox, things from TNT, I guess CBS doesn't get in here. I guess yeah, NBC doesn't that. get in here. Yeah. Um, so not comprehensive. No, no, it's certainly not. So, all right. So, so play along with a little thought experiment for me where, you know, so we have down the road, this conglomerate of sports streaming services down the road, we're going to get somebody consolidating all the other streaming services into one package. Do we eventually 
those things get combined years down the road and we're just all back to what we had before, which was cable TV with all these things. Is that, is that what's going to happen? Maybe, but I don't, I mean, personally, I don't necessarily object to it. I see a lot of people say things like this, like, well, streaming was a mistake, you know, or just, yeah. uh, drawing that conclusion at the same time, the conclusion we're going to be back to cable. Um, I mean, look, there's still potentially the advantage, presuming that they keep with some versions of the current model, that I might be able to say, well, you know, I don't want all that. I just want HBO or Max or whatever. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I just want Peacock. I don't yeah. need all of that other stuff. And um, the cable companies always had language in the contracts that um, you think about, like, back in the day when we were younger, um, in order to get HBO, you had to pay for basic cable, right, and then get HBO on top, right. right? That was in the contractual language. That changed relatively recently. Yes, I want to say like 2018 or something like that. Um, when the the contracts were coming up, that finally the networks like HBO said, no, we're not going to agree with that. We want to be able to sell yeah. our product direct to consumer uh, through a streaming service and all of that. So um, I don't know, you know, I mean, is it the worst if down the line, say you have a bundle, maybe you get some discount because you're paying for the whole bundle, or you could just go, uh, you know, cherry pick this one or that one. That, that, that that's what i think is coming frankly a someone's gonna eventually figure out a way to a la carte this thing where whatever you want you can pick it put it into your basket and that's the thing that you that you get for some sort of tiered or level down discount unless you you know it doesn't allow you to or it doesn't mean you have to do each one of them individually mm -hmm. that may be two decades from now but just pick whatever you want you know i don't i don't know we'll see probably <laughs> the one big wrinkle in this is the cable companies. Yeah, yeah. Because what we're talking about right now would be the end of cable television. Yes. Like cable would no longer exist. And the first thing I saw about this uh, deal on social media, too, was calling it a, a cable killer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people were saying, hey, you know, the only reason I still have cable is to watch sports. Yeah, you know, uh, and so there is. What, what I'm trying to get at is, look, from a, a consumer level, I might sit here and say, "Well, I'm perfectly fine with that," but you've got still pretty big corporate interests on yes, the side of the cable companies that factor into this, and yeah, we'll see where it all goes. Well, I didn't mean to take us too down far, too far down a rabbit hole of industry talk, but uh, this is, I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, pretty seismic news for something like this to happen, particularly in the streaming age. Yeah, I think so, for sure. For sure. And I mean, if it goes so far as to be a sports bundle that also does give you the stuff from like CBS and the stuff from NBC, um, and then we're really cooking with gas, as it were. Yeah. But this in and of itself is, is, is kind of a big deal, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. What about more on shows coming out? We've got some some a few more pieces of news that's worth worth touching on, I think. Yeah, so um a couple of these can be pretty quick. I wanted to mention that Northern Exposure is on Prime Video. This is the first time Northern Exposure has ever been streaming. You ever watched never, Northern Exposure? Ne never seen it, but now I'm gonna have to add it to the to the queue. This you is never good. saw it. No, never. I mean like I haven't seen it in 30 years. Like I remember yeah. being a kid and it was like Northern Exposure's on there in Alaska. They're quirky, you know. Um, so that's good news. They just kind of quietly put it on Amazon Prime. Uh, also related to older TV, uh, Bo Bridges has joined the cast of the Matlock reboot. Do we hit on the Matlock reboot ever before we talk about we have, we have not. I, th this is I, I gotta tell you, this is going on my list of things that have do we need a reboot of Matlock? Do we need to do this to Andy Griffith? I mean, absolutely I, not. We absolutely do not. <laughs> I mean, come on. Where do we? Where does it end? We absolutely do not need a reboot of Matlock. Absolutely not. But starring Kathy Bates. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I don't know. You got me. So it's it's now Mrs. Mrs. Matlock or Miss Daddy. Matlock, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's out there. I think that's supposed to come out later this year. Um sooner than that, I'm telling you as we got <laughs> on. I just read this just before uh we hopped on to record. So the three body problem is coming to Netflix in March. Very excited. You're planning to write on it for the site. Yes. We've talked about this before, the adaptation of this widely acclaimed um, book or series of books from China, right? And so China made their own TV version of this yes. last year. What I just read today is that Peacock <laughs> bought the rights to the Chinese version of the three-body problem, and they're going to drop it on February 10th, before the Netflix version comes out. What do you think about this? Yeah, so this is, I mean, we're recording on the 9th. This is tomorrow that this is this <laughs> is going to be dropped. Tomorrow. They just bought it, you know, five weeks before the Netflix version comes out. The Benioff and Weiss, you know, we've talked all about this. I mean, coming out soon. Um, man, th- what a move. I mean, what a yeah. move to do. To just stick it right in Netflix's face and say, we're going to buy the original <laughs> Chinese adaptation of this um just so petty and i absolutely love it <laughs> i think it's hilarious too and i mean i don't know are there people out there who kind of aren't paying a ton of attention who are like oh, what did i've been hearing about the other yeah, click on this one exactly um, exactly from what i read this version it's been described as ultra faithful to the novels yeah um to the level of that being a criticism Interesting. Okay. I, I have heard that it is so, this is a text that I've not seen any of the, 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 the Chinese adaptations, certainly have not seen any yet of the Netflix or but apparently this is a text that is very difficult to adapt. Um people are concerned. Well, maybe not concerned, but curious that Benioff and Weiss, who did a good job adapting the Game of Thrones text that they had yeah not the makeup part but the not text the napkin they so much no, they, they not, struggled not, with the guys the, the notes on a napkin yeah. but. um that these may be the right guys to to do it but apparently you know i don't know what i've gotten myself into right about this apparently this is a very complex multi-generational multi uh, even sort of century story that um is very sci-fi very technical very um, you know, techno mumbo jumbo. We're gonna have to be a lot of things you have to really pay attention to to grasp what's going on. Sounds cool to me. You'll do fine. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> fine. But anyway, you know, as you say, maybe it's a little bit petty on the part of Peacock. On the other hand, it seems like this adaptation is significantly different. It's also in Chinese. So if you want to watch this, you know, like watch it with subtitles. One could, in theory, watch both, I suppose, but you know, <laughs> I, I do think it's amusing because they're clearly also trying to ride the waves of the promotion for the Netflix show. Yes, you know? very, um, very clearly. Just oh, I thought this was coming out next month. I guess it's out now. I'll go check it out on Peacock. Well, and like Netflix didn't think about this. They they didn't want to right nail this down and and buy the rights to this again. I recall I was a little bit confused when I first saw something about this coming out last yes. year. It's like wait, wait, what, what? The three body problem. That's that's not coming out yet. And then oh, I was like, oh, this is the it's not the enough, different yeah. version. This is this is airing in China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, fair uh, enough. I, I might just check it out for sort of source material ahead of the ahead of the Netflix version. But uh, hey, I mean, more more content the better, I guess. Yeah. Um, on Speaking the of, on the to- on ahead. the topic of more genre based television, one more note we have here: if you like Game of Thrones. And you've really wanted a prequel in House of the Dragon. Good news, you're getting a prequel to House of the Dragon. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Aegon's Conquest, the next Game of Thrones spinoff that is set years before House of the Dragon, is in this is not a this is not a dream or a theory. This is in production and likely going to happen sometime, I guess simultaneously to House of the Dragon. That's supposed to be a four or five season run. So we'll mm. see how it goes. Yeah, interesting. You're right. They, they would. Not simultaneously to this upcoming season of House of the Dragon, but that they'd be going at the same time, that there, there would be overlap. 
Yeah. You know, honestly, that's probably what they want. You know, oh, yeah. We got the Game of Thrones going again. <laughs> Let's cash in. Yeah, Make man. some cartoons. How's that Jon Snow show doing? No, that that one's dead on the other Agon yeah, show. The, 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 the cartoons are apparently happening. I don't know about the John's John show John Snow show. And yet I think you're right. If they can just have a you know rebrand to the Game of Thrones channel, they would probably do that. It's that's at least a spin-off of that. And you know what the distressing thing to me personally is as disappointed as I was with how Game of Thrones ended. House of the Dragon comes out and I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. So like same with these other things. Probably, I'll watch the thing. Yeah, that's all they care about. I'll I'll, I'll watch it just because I don't, I don't know why. I, 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 I'm check just, it out. Hook, I, hook I, line and sinker now, but I'll, I'll get one piece of advice to HBO. Just keep using the same music. Keep using the same music <laughs> for all the shows because it's yes. like the best part of House of the Dragon. I turn it on and like that music starts. Like I remember when Game of Thrones was really good. Yes, yeah, you know, so just keep using the same music for all the shows. <laughs> That's like the most Pavlovian response that I could have on television right now. When that music starts, I'm I'm sitting down, I'm not getting up till it's over. Right? Totally serious. Totally serious. <laughs> um so I finished watching Mrs. Davis. Okay. I binged it over the weekend, eminently bingeable. Yes, very much so. I got turned off by the fact they released four episodes at once and <laughs> <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have been because if I'd started watching it, I probably could have just burned yes. right through those. Are you happy, you happy you pushed through it? Enjoyed it? I thought it was very, very, very good. Yes. I mean, quite well, quite well done. The most, um, it was really funny and unpredictable. Yep. You know, um, if you enjoy TV shows that will make you say, wait, what? <laughs> Frequently. Yeah. Definitely big recommendation. Yeah. What about you? What have you been watching lately? I, I yeah, I did. I'm glad you finished it. That was a great. Uh, as, as long as Peacock still has you, that was one to one to finish. So I started. Um, I started watching a show that I've not watched before, and it's not Twin Peaks, and it's not Sopranos. I started for the first time watching Friday Night Lights. Why? I don't know. I think I overheard my daughter's friend talk about how she watched it. My wife has watched it. I feel I feel out of the loop, man. So I'm like, I'm going back, I'm watching Friday Night Lights. I'm almost through the first season, really loving it. Young Jesse Plemons, young Taylor Kitsch, young, I mean, everybody. This is, I'm enjoying it so far. This is a great network sort of prestige before these things existed. I'm well aware that a lot of people love that show. Yeah. Love it. Um, to the point where I did try to watch it at one point. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I'm one of those people. Um, I <laughs> See, mean, you're you're not in Texas. You're not in the Friday Night yeah. Lights. Scene. That's the problem. Yeah, that's what I was I was going to mention. You know, for you, you know, probably vibing <laughs> with this. Like, oh yeah, Texas high school yeah. football. <laughs> oh yeah, and I, I was kind of like, I don't really care about high school football <laughs> in Texas, man. I don't even watch college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Players yeah. aren't good enough. I watch NFL. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in not in small town Texas. I mean, I'm in the you know, a city of 4 million people, but the culture is accurately portrayed. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I've seen enough, been around enough, traveled enough, spent enough families, games and things like that. It is, it is, at least that part of it is, is quite, quite well done. Right on. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I do think I know this. I think, I don't know what season. I think there's like some hiccup in there. There's like a stretch that people say is bad. I think because yes, of so, the so here's what happened. Nate writer strike. Yes, so my wife prepared me for this. After 15 episodes of season two, the show just stopped because of the strike. And they decided to pick up fresh in season three, completely abandoning all storylines from season two. So it's just same characters. Oh, we are dating. We're not dating. New team, new season. You know, just completely. A bit. I mean, this is a football season you're going through, so we have no idea what happened in the, in the end of the season. So, yeah, my wife was like, "You got to prepare yourself because you're going to be frustrated from between seasons two and three. Man, giving give flashbacks to heroes from that story. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I, you know, do you ever watch Heroes? I have seen Heroes. Yeah, I thought people told me. I mean, I'm streaming it later on. 
and people told me about some of this stuff and I thought, oh, well, I'll push through it. This show's really great in the first season. Yeah. And the kind of season two, I was like, oh my God, is this bad? <laughs> I did not finish. I did not finish the show. Um, but okay, let's get to yeah. True, True Detective. Yeah, we um, might as well. We got a lot to get through. We do indeed. I and mean, we kind of talked a lot about this other stuff. That's cool though. Uh, so True Detective Night Country Season 4, Episode 4, a.k.a. Part 5, the penultimate episode of the uh, season. Um, again, on the other side of a little break here, we're going to dig into the episode with all spoilers on the table for everything up through this point, including potentially previous seasons of True Detective should things come up. So do be aware of that. This is your spoiler warning, and see you on the other side. Okay, we are back. True Detective, Night Country Season 4, Part 5, as Cameron mentioned, the penultimate episode of the season written by a slew of people, Katrina Albright, Winona Wilms, Chris Monday, Mundy, and Issa Lopez. This one also directed by Issa Lopez. She's directed each episode this season. Uh, there's a lot here, Cameron, where this is going to be either this or the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be longer. Let's, let's see how this recap goes. Um, it is now we've jumped to about New Year's Eve in Ennis, whereas in last episode, we were on Christmas day. Evangeline Navarro is collecting her sister's ashes after, after the suicide, she and Rose go out to the frozen sea, decide to crack open the ice and pour them in, which they will revisit later in the uh, later in the episode. While this is going on, Liz Danvers decides to visit Otis Heiss, who apparently was taken into custody and put into a rehab facility of some kind. We had questions about that last week. She insists that he has to help them find the entrance to the cave where Annie was killed. Uh, Danvers, even at one point later in the episode, agrees to get him back on heroin if he will come help them find the entrance to those caves and be their guide. Uh, meanwhile, Kayla kicks Pete Pryor out of the house. Uh, she's just frustrated with how much time he is spending at work. While he's bouncing around between folks, he does uncover that the Tuttle organization brought up back a few episodes ago is funding not only the Silver Sky Mine, but also the Salal Research Station. And there's a connection here because Salal is apparently providing pollution reports which falsely show the silver sky is not doing things to to the water and to the land of Ennis. Um, at the mine's offices, Leah takes part in another protest, this one quite violent. She gets beaten by a police officer before Navarro intervenes. Danvers, this time, thinks she should spend some time in jail and leaves her there until Navarro breaks her out, as it were. Um, eventually, Danvers goes and confronts Kate about not just the protest, but also the funding concerns that that Pete came up with. Uh, she and Connolly basically shut her down, saying that the case of the Salal men is closed because the forensics have revealed that a weather event caused their death. Uh, reluctantly, Danvers decides to stop pursuing things. But then we see Kate meet up with Hank, where the two of them discuss the death of Annie. Hank claims he did not do it but did move her body. Danvers visits the bodies of stillborn babies and others that have been killed by the pollution from the mine, which prompts her to keep going, keep investigating, keep pursuing these leads for the things that they've been working on. So she, she breaks Otis out of the rehab facility, takes him back to her house, gives him the heroin. But before they can leave, Hank has been following them, shows up, kills Otis, turns the gun on Danvers, but Pete, his own son, pulled the trigger on him, killing him before he can do anything. And then at the end of the episode, Danvers, Pete, and Navarro agree to cover this up so they can keep investigating. Wow, that was a penultimate episode. <laughs> a lot, lot there. We've had quite a few things uncovered. But boy, now we got some big leaps to take into, into part six. Yeah, indeed. And, and quite a lot kind of happens at the end, you know. Yes. With... Um... That whole kind of showdown where um, Hank wants to take Otis with him, which Kate has ordered slash coerced him into taking care of this problem. Um, 
Mm. He ends up shooting Otis. Otis is going to run away, I guess, right? It was so like it wasn't like his intention was to kill Otis. But yeah, yeah more shockingly, I think um, that Pete kills him. And there is, despite all of that thorough recapping, just good job that you did. <laughs> um, there is something related to that that you didn't hit on, right? Which I'm, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad you're bringing this up, yes. Yeah, which is that um, Connolly knows what happened in the Wheeler case and putting things together, Danvers surmises, right? That Connolly knows because Pete figured it out and Hank got on Pete's computer to get the information that Pete had figured out, right? And fed it to Connolly. And Connolly uses that when push comes to shove to tell her, you need to, you know, stop looking into um, Annie's death and everything else, right? But the fact that Pete knows that his father has done this and really kind of betrayed him um in a sense i, I think does factor into his decision to pull the trigger i can i completely agree i cannot agree with you more and that pete knows going into that situation danvers and Morrow have uh, been about that cover-up life before and he says i'm going to step into that world as well and he navarro is trying to convince danvers to go through with this plan and pete is the one that says she's right Let's do it. You guys go. I'll clean. I'll take care of it. So he is just as complicit, obviously, as as them beyond just pulling the the triggers. They're going to try to cover this up and keep going. Yeah. So I guess they're going to go. The plan is to go throw the bodies in the ice. Go throw them in the sea. Yeah. Uh, something yeah that was like the, that. Yeah. That's right. That's the revisit the place where Rose and Navarro were. They tell him to go find Rose to take her to where her sister is. And they're going to dispose of the bodies there, I guess, dumping them in the ice. I, I, I mean, sure, that's a good place to dump them. You got a whole house full of evidence there. You got to figure out what to do yeah. with them. You got to clean, you know, you clean up a good amount of blood. Um, <laughs> Some heroin burning in the bathroom. Is it? the Because it, it's a good place to dump them, except there was also the bit where Navarro was at risk of falling through the ice. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, true. you got to be real careful if you're going to do this. Well, the ice, see, the ice is already cracked. Now you got to do is just toss the bodies over there. They're going to fall right through the you ice. You just slide them. You yeah. Just, you just you know, get, get, get a good running start and just slide <laughs> the body to the ocean. It's like curling and it goes, and then, like, imagine it just like stops right by the water. You're like, oh no, you can still see it. That one. Yeah. Get a big <laughs> stick. Anyway, I'm joking. I don't know if we'll see all of that or what yeah. um, in the finale, but things are definitely going down. One big question that I have. Um, well, wait, I guess first let, let's let's talk through the stuff with Connolly and Kate. Yeah. And um Hank. So I get it's not correct me if I'm wrong, it's not explicitly stated. That Conley and Kate are in cahoots about this stuff, Correct. but clearly Kate and Hank are. And I think we can put pieces together that show that the three of them are working together somehow. Because it is Conley that directs the "you're shut down" because this was an event. Case is closed. Yeah, I do think it's something of a question with Conley. Yeah. Um, to start with, Hank and Kate, you know, um. The show just gives us a scene of them talking, like we did the murder, you know. Yes, yes. Um, but not quite. Uh, as you said, Hank does insist in the closing scene. He tells Danvers and at, at all that um, he didn't kill Annie; he just moved the body. Right. Um, so if we believe him there, which I guess I do, tying that back to the scene with Kate, the implication is that someone else had done this. Yeah. And then Kate brought Hank in to cover up what actually happened, move the body to the second location, and promised him that he would get to be um, police chief. That didn't that, work out yeah. because Danvers got sent to town and so on. That's exactly my, my read on it, that moved Annie to a place where it looks like, you know, some mine worker or local um beat her to death you know because of her role in in the protests and in the in sort of fighting the mine and that very very well 
may have been what happened in the caves, but we don't know exactly what happened there. We don't know who done it. We don't know the circumstances that led to that. Just that somehow Kate, Hank, and some other person were involved in that, in that death. Yeah. And there's an implication then that changing the location of the body gets in the way of the investigation, right? So they can't solve the case and so on. And Kate does seem to think that if they find the cave, if they get in there, they found it, they just couldn't get in, right? Um, Because the, the entrance had been collapsed. She seems to think if they get in there, they're going to be able to figure things out. And that is my big question coming out of the episode. It's like, what you're, could you're, they you're possibly find in there? Six <laughs> the years does at one point say, maybe we find a weapon. Maybe we find DNA. I'm not so sure what you could find after six years in an ice cave. But uh, yeah, call, call me skeptical as well, I think. Yeah, I just, I, I really at a loss. The best I've got is that they could find whatever it was Annie found. Mm-hmm. And that what Annie found uh was real bad for the mind you know um, and and how does this relate to what happened to otis back in 1998 i think they said in this episode he says 30 years ago that would not be yes. quite 30 years ago 26 years yes ago. i believe his his injury report states that it happened in 1998 um how that's related to Annie, what happened to her? I don't necessarily know that it, that there is one, other than just they both discovered something at the at yeah. you know at the same location, and it whatever it is managed to kill Annie or it was involved in Annie's death and it injured Heiss. Um, but yeah, it's many years apart. Many years apart. There's at least the strong suggestion that what happened to uh, Otis. And what happened to the Slal researchers was maybe the same because their injuries were the same. Yeah. Although completely different locations, as I, I believe is, is correct. Otis happened in the cave, he indicates, or at the cave. The Slal men are out just in the middle of the tundra, middle of the um, sort of barren Alaska land. So I'm not, you know, what could that have been? I'm not sure, and it doesn't look like, based on the energy, that's what happened to Annie. So there's still this sort of mysterious, how do these things connect, and what happened to the Salal men? Are they at all connected to Annie? And I don't think we heard the name Raymond Clark one time this episode. So what role does he come back in and play? I think that was a little bit of a, you know, let's push you through a door and hope you forget about it until it comes back, come back around. And what's he up to? Last episode, Otis said he was in the night country we have the indication in this episode that the night country refers to these caves underneath the ice or you know whether that's what otis meant or not you know yeah he doesn't remember saying that (laughs) (laughs) and is what he would describe as night country the same on heroin versus off heroin we just uh, we don't know i guess at this point i never will know He's dead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I get any more information from uh, from Otis, but I think it's uh, is it is it uh, Kavik who, who who says this about? Um, he says that the stone with the spiral, yes, it used to mark thin spots on the ice or whatever. Yeah, it was a friend of like Kavik's. Like came in and said, "Oh, my dad used to show me these. It would this is what um, they would mark these and put them near places of of danger." Yeah. Which okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so that does explain what the spiral is and what it does and why it's why it's so so yeah. how wild we were talking about theories you know yeah. speculations for the finale how wild can i get right how how wild is this show gonna get how like supernatural because part of me is sitting here saying okay i got it yeah. in that cave there is a um cold ice monster made of <laughs> darkness that scared Annie yeah. and killed her yeah. and it came out of the cave and scared the Salah guys <laughs> and like <laughs> Kate I, knows about it you know and, you know I my thing on this has shifted a little bit to where I almost think 
it's less the show is less supernatural and much more horror now we saw this a little bit in the last episode not as much in in part five but it seems to be that all the I still think that all of the visions, all of the scary moments, all of the the people that we're seeing are still through the lens of the Navarro sisters, Mm -hmm. right? So that can be justified away by their history of hallucinations and seeing things. I think that we see Navarro see Annie at the protest in this episode, right? Um, Sees her standing there before she kind of, disappears washes away um so is there still a sort of supernatural explanation for the slawmen i don't know because it seems to be narrowing in on just what these sisters experience yeah but again so what's in the cave if you don't like my (laughs) ice monster theory like what what could they find in the cave i feel like whatever they could find in the cave and presumably will find in the cave because yeah i would guess that's how this is going to wrap up right Kate's worried about it, so it has to somehow connect up and provide some explanation. And I would expect that explanation to link what happened to Annie Kay. I guess probably what also what happened to Otis yeah. prior to that. What happened to the Salaman? Um, and maybe the water pollution. Mm. Okay, so this is this is a thought I had, and and I've been thinking about this since. um, This will tie in just for those that that need it a little bit of season one, ending of season one. So there was a comment on the piece I wrote last week about you know someone that loves season one but was disappointed when they gave it a terrestrial resolution, right? There wasn't sore something more mysterious or supernatural that were defined that. Um, I still am of the opinion that the show will not explain much, if at all, anything at all about the supernatural elements because they want those to continue as some sort of theme throughout different, different seasons. Um, I I do wonder if that has going to have to do with this Annie, the mine, the research station, Raymond connection, Annie found something out. Raymond has been activated by someone kate or someone to do something to her there's a risk of all of their lives and their careers collapsing um again that still doesn't explain what happened to the man doesn't explain that she's awake but i i i just still think that we're headed towards a the puzzle pieces fit to solve the mystery but we're still leaving some things out there that that will keep you thinking about what these forces could have been that compelled the real life solution to be there. Right. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't, I, I forgot to mention that the darkness monster is female. Course, oh, okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's she, they woke her up. She's awake. And, I see. Okay. Right. Kind of, no, well, but, I think, but I think you found it. Yeah. But honestly, I tend to agree with you. I tend to expect that we're not going to dive headlong into the supernatural for an explanation. Yeah. Um, what it what it might end up being that would do the work narratively, I have little guess about because I think yeah. it does have to do that level of work, right? Like Danvers and Navarro get into that cave and they find something that allows us and them mm-hmm. to piece everything together. And maybe it doesn't fully explain what seems to be supernatural and spooky and Okay, right. As you say, that that's kind of left a little bit unresolved, right? As a question, um, without reducing it away, but without, yeah. But I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I, what could they find in that cave? Yeah. Besides whale vertebrate, I'm not sure what they'll find. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else should we should we touch on? What about the anything to talk about with Leah? Um, this is sort yeah. of become a, a, an interesting undercurrent of this as representative of maybe what could have happened to Annie. What is happening to these people in the town? Yeah, I started wondering if she might die. Yeah, um, she takes a beating, mm-hmm. and maybe that's as far as it goes, but in them drawing that level of parallel 
I think. And of course, that being what Danvers is worried about. And um, she functions, functions as a certain entry point into you know, what's going on with the protests. I guess by the time we get to the end of the episode, I don't think that she's going to die next week. I mean, I, guess I suppose it's possible. But yeah. I think that um, because part of what I started thinking about as this episode went along would be that re-motivating Danvers about the um, Annie Kay case. But I think we've already gotten that narratively. Yes. Um, so, and and Leah, Leah played that role, right? I mean, it was their conversation while she's in the bathtub to help Danvers really understand. Because earlier in the episode, I think Danvers said to Navarro, yeah, 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 I know. I know that there's pollution. Yeah, 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 I get it. But then Leah puts these faces to it of there have been nine stillborn deaths there have been all of these sicknesses all these things happen and that's what prompts danvers to go to that cemetery where they can't literally be buried yet and they're just sitting there in boxes waiting and yeah. seeing those to okay we can't just accept the cold weather thing and 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 move on we have to give some more some more work for this right which circling back around I don't know if we talked about Connolly enough and, and and our takes on him. What I will say to kind of draw this back around is, okay, so she's remotivated. They're motivated to the extent that they are going to go to that cave and continue to investigate, even though the powers that be have absolutely told them not to do that. And it's perhaps they have to do it in an incredibly treacherous way now because they can't get in through the entrance. Right, right. Yeah. So they've got to go and like make a hole through the ice. And um, that indicates that no likelihood, while I would expect in the finale that they figure it out, they're not going to get official level justice probably yeah, yeah. I, I think i think that's right if they're wanting to take down the whole conspiracy that they certainly believe there is one i, I don't see how that that they get that kind of resolution there i'm just not yeah. sure i mean the only possibility would be i i think the only possibility would hang on on conley mm -hmm. right so how do we think about him one possibility is that, you know, he's just, he's the authority figure. He's the guy in charge. Maybe his political aspirations. He's not really a part of a conspiracy so much as he's being played at that level to help the cover-up happen. Yes. If that's the case, you could imagine, potentially, um, you know, Danvers and Navarro figure it out and they present him with it. And he said, okay, you know, I can't help cover this stuff up anymore i'm having a moment of conscience and mm -hmm. um you know i think that we, we briefly touched on this i think last time but that i think the line where Connolly says or maybe danver says Connolly, i know you want to be mayor but we have to do something that one line speaks volumes about what Connolly's likely involvement is on all of this right yeah. How can this go in, you know, go on in my town? How can I allow this to happen and still have these, as you said, these aspirations to have this job? If they find out I'm involved, that's done. So he's completely, if not ultimately, the the lead in all this cover-up. Right. And that's where, when it comes down to it, I can't really see what I was just suggesting happening. Um, it could narratively yeah. i think like they could play it that way they figure out the crime they bring it to Connolly. he has that kind of moment of conscience and yeah arrest kate and shuts down the mine or whatever but <laughs> I, it's hard for me to imagine them doing that in the way where we would buy it yeah yeah and yeah. that makes me think that it's not going to happen that we're not going to get that level of um, happy ending yeah yeah, I, I don't think a happy ending is coming. I don't think a finality of, you know, the most purest form is coming. Um, a lot, you know, as there does seem to be in these seasons, there, there's a lot of ambiguity coming. Yeah, like I, I think it's more likely 
that Danvers and Navarro die in the caves than that Connolly c- comes around and uh, you know arrests Kate and shuts down the mine. You know, I think like the yeah. terribly bad ending, as it were, is more likely than a happy ending. But we'll see. We'll see. So this episode ends. You're you're a you were a teenager in the in the nineties, as was I. You certainly remember the song "Save Tonight" by Eagle Eyed Cherry. I almost put it in our notes. This app, this episode ends with a very creepy version of that song, which the lyrics are "Save tonight, fight the break of dawn, come tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be gone." As we see Dampers and Navarro drive towards the caves, that's what's playing on top of this. So, yeah, certainly, certainly, certainly something there. I think. Yeah, we might read. Is this foreshadowing? <laughs> my, one of my biggest thoughts was: I think I've had just about enough of slowed down covers of 90s hits (laughs) i'm getting a little worn out i know we were doing fargo i like the toxic cover so maybe it's just a little bit case by case but this one played i was like oh we're doing this now yeah like like, like, what's next breakfast at tiffany's (laughs) i haven't (laughs) thought of eagle eye cherry in 25 years i guarantee you yeah i was looking them up You, you realize do you realize that that is his name the Eagle Eye Cherry? Yeah, that's that's that guy's name. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Go to look at oh his Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm learning something new today. Okay. Uh, quite prolific too, although I think basically a one-hit wonder, at least in, yeah, yeah, at least in the states, um, with that uh, with that song. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. Things I tell you will not be. Well, wrong. we'll see. We'll see how much yeah. that foreshadows. Uh, Next week, seventy-five minute episode. Next week, this is yeah. A, looking forward to it. Looking forward. Very briefly, we 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 totally skipped over this, although it's in our notes. I don't know to what degree it's worth mentioning that we that we skipped six days of time. Yeah, Christmas and New Year's Eve. I mean, it's a very consistent five days of time, and then we've skipped six days. But clearly, that cannot happen again. Clearly, we are picking up right where we left off for this finale i can't see that being any other way yeah yeah i mean i you know what were they doing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um I, I i guess it's fine it's just a little bit odd to me that they have been giving us the dates and made a point of uh telling us that right yeah and they yeah. have to tell us that but they oh, we want you to know it's new year's eve now well it it, it, it you know, and you just have to throw logic out the window sometimes with these shows. You know, in the first couple episodes, they find the corpsicle and, you know, within an afternoon have it carved out and it's an ice rink. Yeah. Whereas, you know, here at least it makes sense. Oh, Julia died. Her body has been has been taken to the crematorium. So six days later, she can get the ashes. That makes a lot more sense than, you know, all this stuff has been processed and done. So, yeah, I understand that, but yeah, you just have we um have we looked up how long the night should last? I ask basically, I mean, have you looked this up? Because I have not. <laughs> I have not. Um, I, I remember seeing someone say it was hard to ascertain because obviously this is a fictional town. We don't know exactly the location of where this is in look at Alaska, Alaska. But, but it's it's I mean it's well past a week. Well past a week. Yeah. I mean, I just got to wondering, you know, is the time jump going to be because they want to line it up so that at the very end of the finale, the sun starts, dawn breaks, as it were. Yeah. The most Um, northern parts of Alaska can sometimes experience up to 60 days of night. Other (laughs) Other regions have about 30 days of night. I don't know if we're getting there then, because this has only been two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> that's my creative license you know yeah, exactly. Um, exactly yeah i think that about does it anything else you want to hit on on this one oh, i think that's it very much looking forward to what should be a long and substantive finale uh going into the last episode yeah tie it all up the ice monster will emerge and <laughs> sing the beatles and you know everything you know, special should be like in spiral means stay away yeah, I mean, we got we had that was the other thing we had no Danvers past, nothing about her son, nothing about uh polar bears, none of that in this episode, right? So we're just sort of leaving those threads out there too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what gets resolved, yeah, doesn't get resolved. 
And uh, definitely looking forward to talking about it with you next week. So hope everyone will continue to join us. Um, again, putting this episode out on the night of Friday the 9th, because they're releasing this episode of True Detective on Friday the 9th in light of the Super Bowl on Sunday. And then for part six, it'll be back to Sunday night, and we'll get the podcast together and keep an eye out for it after the episode is aired. Also, be sure to read Ryan's recaps on tvobsessive.com. Um, there are other things on True Detective from some of the previous seasons. If you want to look at that, poke around the site. <clears throat> we got other good stuff there. Uh, follow us on social media at TV Obsessive. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a good review wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See you then. <laughs>